Welcome to the Player Development Pod, presented by Beyond the Field. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Ed Jones II. I am the founder of the Beyond the Field program and an experienced player development professional. This podcast is here to bring exposure to the player development field with the goal of creating generational impact in athletics and other surrounding areas. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend time with me here on this platform. Today, we continue season two of the player development pod. In season two, we are highlighting those who do the work. Are you loving the podcast? Is it helping you? If so, I need your support. Here are some ways to support the podcast. Number one, subscribe to the podcast, give a five-star rating, and leave a review of the podcast. Number two, share this podcast if you believe it will benefit someone to learn more about player development. Number three, go to the support section of the show notes for other ways to support this podcast. I love bringing this podcast to you and want to continue doing it. Your support of this podcast is vital to its success. Also, please go visit the website BTF program and check out the free resources and the blogs. While on the website, purchase your copy of the Beyond the Field ebook. In today's episode, we continue season two's West Coast streak by talking to Oregon's Tony Washington. Like Cedric Steptoe and Darian Harris, who are highlighted in previous episodes, Tony is making a great impact at his alma mater where he was a student athlete. In this episode, we will talk about how building and maintaining relationships have helped Tony in his life and his time in the role. We will begin the episode after this ad. This podcast is brought to you by Beyond the Field Program, LLC. Beyond the Field is now providing player development services. The services include staff consulting, program evaluation, and program creation. Please head to btfprogram.com and click on our consulting tab to find out more. We help you help athletes create generational impact. All right, today we continue season two of the Player Development Pod. In this episode, I sit down with a Rose Bowl MVP and competitor in the first college football playoff, Tony Washington. At the time of this recording, Tony was the director of player development with Oregon. He has transitioned to an on-field coaching role, but the episode is filled with player development knowledge. Tony will walk us through his time as director of player development and how relationships have continuously opened doors for him. Here is our conversation. All right, everybody, welcome to the Player Development Pod brought to you by Beyond the Field. Once again, we're here. This is our series of those who are doing work in the field. Today, we have Tony Washington Jr., the Director of Player Development with Oregon Football. Throw your O's up, everybody. Tony, yeah, we're going to get into his story. He's a former player. I think he has like 492 jerseys combination (laughs) in his closet, but we're going to get started. We're going to talk. Thank you so much for being here. Tony, if you could start us off just... You know, tell our the people out there, like our our. The, let me tell you the people who are listening. These are people who are, are directors of player development. You know, people in college who are thinking about this. People in other professional fields, maybe athletics, thinking about trans, uh, you know, transferring over to this field. So, just tell them a little bit about yourself, and we'll dive into these questions as the show goes on. For sure, yeah, man. So I'm West Coast all the way through and through. I was born in Los Angeles, grew up in the Inland Empire, which is about an hour forty five an hour to 45 minutes depending upon traffic from los angeles um all my all my family both mom and dad side grew up in los angeles so that's where my heart's at west coast guy all the way through you know i was fortunate to get the opportunity to come play football here um, back in 2010 kind of a crazy story went from you know like a I don't know, coming out of high school, I was like an oversized linebacker, undersized defensive end, trying to play on the mm-hmm. edge, and I got up here trying to figure out where I fit within the scheme. 
and there wasn't a lot of wasn't a lot of opportunity for me. wasn't a lot of space for me. Eventually, you know, found a spot. We transitioned to a different defensive scheme. Ended up being like a stand-up defensive end, outside linebacker type player, and just worked my way onto the field. Definitely was not the you know the five-star, four-star that comes in. It was definitely the guy I had to work my way up. So I kind of you know built my DNA, just grind it, grind it out, get it out the mud, whatever you got to do, and yeah. you know was able to make my way on the field. You know, started you know two years. Um, and I felt like I was able to make the most out of my opportunity. But um, from there, I was had an opportunity to play in the league uh, four years, up and down, practice squad, active rosters, kind of all over the place. That's a whole different game. But I yeah. learned a lot, you know, business-wise. And because of my experience in the professional um, football league, I just, you know, honed in on those skills that I was able to get as a student athlete here at the University of Oregon. We have so many resources and things I was able to tap in into when I was a, was a young, you know, guy just coming up. So, you know, it kind of builds into what I'm getting to do now. But, you know, I love the game of football. I think it, you know, has a lot to it that you can apply outside of the sport. Um, I think my mentality and how I approach my job day to day is a lot of it's built on my, you know, experiences with football from, you know, Pop Warner all the way up to the highest level. So, you know, I love being able to do what I do. I love being around this environment, getting to know these student athletes from when they're, you know, teenagers up until they're, they're young men. So um, I just love where I'm at, love what I'm getting to do, and looking forward to what's next. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing that. I love your story. You know, you talk about getting it out of the mud, man. You, you're a Rose Bowl MVP, man. It ain't a lot of people walking around with that. You know, I was trying to get a little league MVP. You're a Rose Bowl MVP. Uh, kind of talk to us about the highs of your, you know, I think, you know, you're part of three conference championships. Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say you were in the inaugural uh, CFP championship or the inaugural CFP playoff. You know, like, yeah. let's before we dive into it, man, I just want to give you – I want to hear from you, man. We want to give you your flowers, man, because you, you got it out the mud, like you said. You found a way to get it done. And that's kind of why, you know, I wanted to invite you on this this podcast. I was just looking at you from afar as a professional, man. You just get it done. Like, you're just like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get it going. Mm-hmm. So going back to your playing days, if you could kind of talk about, you know – how it felt to come because correct me if i'm wrong y'all are playing florida state the year after they won a national championship correct and you know kind of tell me about like going into that game your mindset and just what was it about the team because i understand no no disrespect to coaching staff coaching staff do an incredible job but to be a champion your players have to take you over over the limit you know over the threshold would be the better term so talk to me about you and your teammates and you know three conference championships to play in the first cfp kind of talk about that and just the experience like this CFP thing kind of came out and y'all are probably like oh snap you know so yeah. I gotta talk to us about that yeah so that year was just different from the beginning um just to give some history the year prior uh, we ended up at like the Alamo Bowl it was a, a year where we felt like we had it in the bag like we were we were rolling and then we lost you know a big one late and because of that that knocked us out of you know being able to go to those BCS games they caught it at the time so um and we ended up winning that that bowl game but this wasn't the standard we set for ourselves. So I think from the, you know, January 1st of that, whatever that was, 2014 year, we just were in a different mode and we weren't going to leave it up to the coaches. I think we had some, you know, extremely strong leaders, you know, Marcus Mario ended up winning that Heisman that year. We had numerous guys get drafted in the NFL, but it was more about, we had great talent, no question. But, you know, if you look at that national championship team, you compare our roster versus the team we played, I don't think it's really comparable, but um, we just had guys that were, going to keep each other accountable. Um, this is beyond just what you see like on film during practice. We had, 
you know, our groups on defense, we were coming here extra early. Like we were working out twice a day and not just for us just put, just say we check the box to do extra work. We really felt like it was going to translate on the field. So it just showcased itself from the very first game. You know, we had a, um, a big time game against Michigan State early on, uh, a game many people probably didn't feel like we, we were going to win, but we came out on top on that one. And then honestly, we had a, a very humbling game early on as well. You know, we lost at home versus Arizona, a game a lot of people felt like we should have won easily, but um, they came out they were ready. They're more prepared for it than us, and they come with a, with a W. But me specifically, um, I had a, a very controversial play in Oregon in Oregon football world. You know, got a personal foul penalty late in the game. Um, it was a a very clutch moment. Ended up driving down. They they you know scored on that drive and that sealed the game. And because of that, I got a lot of energy social media from the outside world and this is before social media was even as big as it is yeah now. i could but, yeah i could imagine yeah like now people like will blow you up on instagram twitter at that time it was more like facebook like people making you know fake facebook accounts talking about like i should be off the team and you know if you tear wow. acl all kind of crazy stuff and yeah. that like really put me in a bad place mentally um I, and not necessarily because you know, I hear the chatter, like I get it, fans are fans and they're going to say what they need to say, but more so because I felt like I left, I let my team down by making one selfish uh, decision and it cost us a game and that could have altered where we where we went, you know, where we, or where we wanted to be at the end of the year. But after that game, this is like game, week five, after that game, I remember, you know, some of the leaders of the team really, you know, bringing me up and connecting with me behind the scenes and just talking about how they got, they got my back, they know what I did wasn't necessarily um, because I was trying to put myself before the team. It was just a ref made a call, even though I did the same thing the week prior. Ref wanted to call this game. They called it. Obviously, it was poor timing. But we, from that moment, we felt like we're, we have to silence the doubters once again. And we were able to keep you know, stacking the days on top of each other. And we ended up where we wanted to be. So we're just a really resilient team. We had a, a bunch of, of, of mature individuals who made a decision to go do something. We did everything in our power to do it. So you know, I'm, I'm thankful for those guys just um, it's keeping us a close-knit family. We, we, I know we, we preach this word family a lot, especially in this football space, but I think we truly exemplified it. Um, and we were able to get to where we want to go. Obviously, you know, made that national championship year, didn't go the way we wanted to go. But I'm just being able to be a part of history and be a part of the first, you know, team or, or, or group to reach the playoffs and then reach the national championship after that is something I'll never forget. So um, just grateful for the opportunity and grateful for the experience. Yeah. So one more question about before we get into the questions a little deeper, talking about what you're doing now. So watch that highlight of you picking up the fumble. Did you see the ref fall as you picked up the fumble? <laughs> I actually didn't, but I saw all the memes afterwards on Twitter and whatnot, and I was just it was just hilarious to me because I really didn't recognize it. In my head I had one job, and that's just get to the end zone. I remember when I did get there, I was just so thankful and grateful that I that I made it because that was my first time scoring in college. So it was crazy, crazy environment. And it means more to me because, like I said, I'm from Southern California and be able to play in oh, Pasadena. Yeah. I've watched so many games there as, as a youth. And, you know, being able to make that impact play in that game, in that stadium with all my my family there, it was something that's incredible. Uh, so and it, it's still funny now. I Literally, somebody just talked to me about that play last night. So it's like never ending. It's, it's cool to have a you know, play that's going to be remembered, you know, throughout history of Oregon sports, something that's going to be passed on generation to generation. I wasn't expecting it to be like that at the time, 
I didn't know it was going to be something that was going to be remembered. But all those little things you're talking about, you know, ref falling down and the way Jameis kind of just lost the ball, it's just so rare that it happens in, you know, in college sports, professional sports. So um, it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, so let's get into this. So first question, and, and for you all listening, we're going to go through personal, professional questions. We're going to go through some advice, and then I got a rapid fire that I'm excited about that he does not know about that we're going to go uh, just to see some things. So first question here is like, you know, talk to us about how you got into the field, you know, from looking at your background, and I'll tell a little bit, you know, you, you went from playing in the NFL, then you were assistant D-line coach at Nebraska. What was that transition like to get into this role? Well, it was... Let me backtrack a little bit. So okay. prior to my um, getting to Nebraska, I was just, just finished up playing in the league. I got, got released back in 2018. And um, I, was, I was dealing with a, a, a pretty serious injury the year prior and it just never kind of felt like I was the same. And it was just getting to the point where it was too much just to go practice. And I wasn't going to be able to sustain this long term. So hung up the cleats. And from there, I was just trying to figure out what was next. So I did kind of some odd jobs, substitute teaching for a little bit. Um, worked at a juvenile. I worked as a juvenile counselor for a little bit. I'm um, just connecting with you know youth that were local um, in Oregon, um, and then from there I got the opportunity to go to Nebraska. And at that time I wasn't even looking to get in college sports. wasn't looking to become a coach, but it was opportunity too you know too good to pass up. Um, I had a bunch of my former coaches at Nebraska. Those who coached me at Oregon, they were running the show at Nebraska, so they were like, "You want to come you know be a GA here?" And I was in the middle of actually I had just started grad school. I was um, going for nonprofit management. Um, I got one term done. Here we're on academic, we're on courtism, so we have terms, right. not semesters. Right. Oh, um, yeah. So I got the call, you want to come out here? And I was like, can't say no. And even though I wasn't looking to become a coach, I knew the relationships I can build with these two athletes will um, be beneficial for me. That's who I want to be. I want to be um, on these journeys with these young men and, and kind of you know, sharing my experience while necessarily not necessarily showing them how to live but being on the their experience with them kind of giving them tips and tricks as along the way and i was going to do that through you know the coaching lens so i did that for for two seasons at nebraska for you know uh 2019 2020 the conclusion of that 2020 season um director of football ops at oregon we're we're in constant communication he's been working here for like 13 years i've literally known him forever um, we've talked about this position and they, the former player, the former person in this position went to a new school with the, with one of our staff members who got elevated to a head coach spot, so it was vacant. So even though I was kind of doing on the field work in Nebraska, wasn't necessarily in alignment with the job opportunity here, but the relationships that I built as a student athlete here, the relationships I built with you know some of the staff members who have been retained for all these years went a long way. So I got into the position, as soon as I heard it was available, hit up the DFO, Told them I was interested in that kind of transition into the next interview, but I literally hit up everybody I could. We have a we have a uh, somebody who's over student athlete development for all of her sports. Her name is Katie Harbert. She was super, you know, extremely influential in my development here when I was a student athlete. She was like the first person I hit up. And I sent out texts to the AD because he was here when I was a student athlete. Yeah. And, uh, just a, a bunch of people who could be possibly be involved in the hiring position. I try to let them know that I was interested, and I think they knew just how I was as a human. They would be able to kind of co-sign for me or, you know, give their their suggestion on me. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, at least got my name into consideration, and then from there, I, I literally just broke down exactly how I I envisioned this position, how I can make an impact, and you know, the rest was history. 
All right, so with this position, tell us a little bit about your role. When people hear the Director of Player Development at Oregon, one thing that I've said in previous podcasts is that Director of Player Development means so much every different place. So if you could talk specifically about your your role, um, the responsibilities you have in your role there with the University of Oregon. Yeah, so um, it's a lot. I wear a lot of different hats, and depending upon who, you know, which student athlete I'm dealing with, our relationship can look different. But for me, I, I try to make it, you know, I don't want to say plain, but I probably I try to explain it as this: like coming to, coming to the University of Oregon, we have numerous surrounding resources, and whether it's mental health, whether it's networking, whether that's you know getting you an internship, whether that's you getting informational interviews, whether that's you getting out to the community, um, getting out different businesses, nonprofits, organizations, whatever. I'm trying to be the person that makes that happen. Now I get it; you're coming here to be a student athlete and play the sport of football specifically. And I'm not trying to take that away from you. I hope you go play 10, 15 years in the league, you know, all pro, all American while in college. Yes, I completely 100% want to support you in that. And I'm not going to try to deter you from that plan. But when that day is done, football, all, all, all athletics has a shelf life. Once that's done, we, I want to at least be able to allow you to have some type of structure or some type of foundation to build off of what comes next. So if that means while you're in college, you know, you're going to these different programming events or going to meet, you know, mentors or going to be a mentee or maybe going to, you know, spend time with people in the community. That's always going to build you up for what you want to do once it's done. Um, I was thankful. Well, I was grateful enough to have a, a clear vision of what I wanted to do once that day of football was going to be over. But so many of our of our football athletes specifically just kind of get this tunnel vision of let's just do football. So. I try to, you know, navigate my way into building relationships with our student athletes to show them that there's more to them than just what this athlete box we put you in. And there's there's more interest that you have and there's more that you can do while you're on this platform. So take advantage of the athlete, athletics as much as you can, but there's also time for you to build yourself up holistically outside of your sport. So I do that in numerous amount of ways. Like I said, my relationship with each student athlete is different depending on where they're at. As you know, from being in the field, like some guys are, you know, you know, kind of have their, their head on, on their shoulders pretty securely and they can navigate themselves as adults on their own. Some guys you kind of have to, you know, hold their hand across the finish line. So I'm, I'm yeah. down to get grimy and dirty. And if that means I got I to gotta blow you up to make sure you take advantage of this opportunity, I'm going to do it. Some guys just are easy and they, they will be more proactive about, you know, getting it done on their own. So um, I'm all over the place. The day-to-day can look different. And aside from the, you know, the relationship building of, you know, student athletes, obviously there's like some operational work you have to do behind the scenes oh, yeah. to kind of get things in alignment. You know, I'm huge on onboarding all of our incoming, uh, our newcomers, whether that's their, whether they're freshmen, transfers, JUCO, whatever. I try to get them set up with their housing, try to get them set up with, you know, the university for, you know, for their, their finances and the direct deposit set up. And it's all over the place and stuff that we take for granted as adults. Some of these guys don't necessarily know. Everybody has different backgrounds growing up. So. I try to help build them up from a life skills perspective so they can just be you know, successful out in society and in the community. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. So then what does your day look like? So it's, it's a lot. When you come into office, you know, people would ask me, like I, one time I had this young lady, she was interviewing for the position. She was like, can you give me a detailed schedule of what it looks like? I was like, there's no way. Not so yet. what does, <laughs> not happening. Yeah. What does your day look like? So, like like you said, every day is different. On a typical day, um, whether that's in season, off season, I like to be around the athletes as best as I can. Whether that's seeing them in treatment, whether that's seeing them, you know, on the practice field when we're allowed to, or, or seeing them 
um, when they're doing their, you know, their off-season conditioning and whatnot. I try to be around as much as I can just because I feel like I will – it helps me see how they like to work, how they operate in, in you know, high-pressure environments. Um, I just like to just be around them and let them know that I'm always here support-wise. Aside from that, you'll see me on campus. I'll hop around. We have, like, a, a student-athlete um, academic center. That's where we do all our tutoring, our study hall, you know, all our um, – academic advising appointments, I'll be hopping in there. I'll try to connect with everybody on campus just to continue to update, get an update on, on guys and where we can continually um, support them. You know, I'll be around, I'll be meeting with our student athlete development team every week, trying to connect on what projects or programs they have coming up, how can it be assistance? And then same thing, stuff that we have like football wise, how they can be, a, be of assistance. Um, I connect with a lot of people in the community just different um, times of the week, different times of the month, just so we can be proactive about what we want to offer and how we can get guys involved. Um, obviously, meet with coaches on, on guys who need maybe some one-on-one -on -one support or kind of update them on what's going on. They update me. Um, I like to be involved in recruiting for guys that are coming, or potential guys who will be coming um, in the future, just to let them know how I can be of assistance and how we you know, support our student athletes outside of um, athletics. Um, so it's kind of all over the place. Evening times, you know, that's when we usually have our, our full staff meeting. So that's when everybody gets up to date on who's doing what. This time of year is a little wild just because all the coaches are on the road recruiting. So yeah. not as many, not as much of that, but typically in the normal, you know, normal calendar year, we'll have those staff meetings and get updated on everything. So I wouldn't say at like eight o'clock, I do this, nine o'clock, I do this, yeah. 10 o'clock, I do that. <laughs> but those are the kind of get the meat and potatoes of what I do day to day. And some got some things I may tap in, some things I may not. So I'm kind of all over the place, and I just know going into the day, I know I usually know what's first, and then whatever falls in line after that, so be it. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's a perfect example. I know exactly relate perfectly. Yeah, I used to tell people whatever whatever message I get first is how my day is gonna go. It's a text <laughs> yeah. message or an email, it's gonna tell me yeah. how it goes. Uh, what's the biggest? The last, oh, not the last, but the next question in this personal, professional question is, what's the biggest thing you've learned in this role? You know, especially, specifically, like, just you as a professional, but then I would say also as you, as a play, as a former player, like, man, I never thought about this. Like, what have you learned in this role? I've learned just so much happens behind the scenes that you never know about um, in terms of, you know, the planning or, you know, the fundraising it'll take to get things done or, know the, the reason why things are structured the way they are those are been the biggest eye-openers for me just being a student-athlete just seeing like okay we got this we got this we can do this we can do that not really knowing the work that goes into getting these things planned you know I just think in this you know this system this this football system that we're in sometimes we just like instant gratification but there's so much things that go on and so many people involved to ensure we you know these students have the best experience so the work that it's gonna to take to get these big programmings. And even though you may not have, you know, the, I don't know, the participation you want, or you may feel like, you know, doesn't, the um, overall outcome wasn't as, as strong or as deep as you wanted it. Like some somebody's gonna get something out of it on one end and all the people that, you know, help make it happen are, are so critical on the other end. So those are the, the biggest things I, I guess I've learned, but the biggest takeaway is just always be open-minded. There's always, you know, multiple ways to get things done. And although I see it this way and the head coach sees it a different way, at the end of the day, student athletes are the most important piece of this. And at the end of the day, they're gonna get something out of it. So just working on trying to be open-minded and not just being like, 
this is how I've always done it. And that's on both ends. That's me as a human and also me as uh, working with other individuals in this in this space. So that's kind of how I view it. All right. So one thing I talk about, appreciate you sharing that. One thing I talk about, let me go, let me go back to what you said. That, that part right there is what got me. Like getting to a game is just, so at, during COVID, I was exposed. We, I was at University of Kansas and our assistant director of football operations took a job somewhere else right during camp. And so now I'm kind of like that player development slash ops. And I'm like, dang, all this happens just to get on like the, I had to do like, man, we were doing seating charge for the plane, COVID, who has COVID, who doesn't have like hotel. Like that was taking like, we were in there for like three hours just doing mm-hmm. all that, you know? And so I'm with you, like in all the years I was in college, like I didn't even, you know, you just kind of feel like, okay, we practice, get on the bus, go play, whatever, you yeah. know, it's just like, man. Um, all right. So last question in this segment, you know, one thing I really talk about a lot is support in this role. Cause I'm, is it just you right yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. So what does support for you and what you're doing look like in this role? Support for me is is really the staff understanding that I'm a one man show right now. Um, I do have, you know, people in other areas like the, our head of academics or our, our DFO or our assistant DFO. They help me out a lot, and I try to help them out as well. So we're, I'll definitely say we're kind of a team. And sometimes I may need to help them with operational stuff. Sometimes they may need to help me with player development. Sometimes I have to help with academics and vice versa. So. Um, support for me is just them being open-minded as well sometimes i may need their assistance on this or need their perspective on this to get certain things done and they're great like i've learned a great deal from from them just in terms of you know how to you know approach this job and how to be you know professional in it and make it all clean and easy for you know coach landing or whatever head coach you're working with so i don't necessarily yes it'll be great to have you know an assistant director player development or you know, whatever the titles that may be out there, but I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm good at, I don't want to say I'm, I'm good enough, but I guess I'm, I'm okay with, you know, having to grind it out. And what makes it easier for me is like the staff gets that it's just me and that we can get stretched thin at times. So it's not like, um, they're like berating you if things don't get done at a certain time or they're, they're impatient. Obviously some stuff is going to have, um, more priority, you need to get it done on the timeline, but I'm, they're usually great at working with me, and I'm, I feel like I try to be as quick as I can be, and that's enough support for me. So actually, I was going to ask a question. Um, <laughs> so, you mentioned transition, you know, you mentioned, uh, or you, you didn't mention transition, but you mentioned Coach Lanning, and you're in a transition. If this wasn't a question to ask, but it's great, you know, opportunity to segue into this. Some people may experience transition. If you're in this player development field, you know, it coaches do move around you know i've been a part of transition it wasn't really a true transition because we went from our head coach to our oc but it still was transition because i didn't know i was gonna have a job or not but uh if you could talk about the transition how it was and as much as you can like meeting coach landing let him know what you can do mm-hmm. um and just that that because i know how it is man you still got to come and do your thing not knowing you know what's going on so you kind of talk about that uh, with people here it was actually crazy um we had just gotten back from our bowl game this December. And it was a lot of rumors swirling around about our, our former coach leaving. But in my head, I didn't think he would. Like, it just didn't make sense. Like, why would he, whatever. So right. I remember, um, I just remember getting to work one morning and then 
seeing all the players like come out of a meeting and I guess they just had a meeting with just head coach, just players only. So I didn't even hear from him that it was moving on. So that was kind of like, that was still kind of wild. So once it, then it started hitting all the news channels. I'm like, okay, this is real. You know, he's moving on. We don't know who our next head coach is going to be. At that moment, I would, nobody really knew what to do. We were just kind of have to work as we can. And then, you know, if he called you like, oh, yeah, come with me, then you're coming with him. So I think – but it, he wasn't the only one that left. We had a couple other coaches. Obviously, our office coordinator got a head coaching job. Our linebacker coach got a head coaching job. So guys were kind of on their way out anyway. But, you know, for support staff, you never know what's going to happen. Right. So it was a very weird space. Just trying to keep the team together until, you know, a decision was made about who was going to be what. You know, at that point, we had meetings with you know, our, our um, athletic director and kind of just trying to keep us up to date on what was going on. But honestly, he didn't really know what was – at that time, he didn't really know what was going to happen next. So it was really strange. Like, I didn't know what to do. I was kind of freaking out. You know, I remember talking to my girlfriend about it, and we were just like, do what we can for now and, you know, hopefully right. we put ourselves in a position to be set up for the next place. So – I think at that time, you know, I think I've even reached out to you. Like, if anything's coming up, like, yeah. let me know. I'll, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I'll, um, <laughs> I'll put, put out a good word for me or whatever. And luckily, right. we have a, a pretty strong network in player development. So, just feeling out what was what was available, and then, you know, kind of fast forward. Once Coach Landing was officially hired, and you know, he got done, you know, playing the national championship, he had individual meetings with you know all of the remaining support staff, and I just kept it, you know, very transparent with them and. You know, let them know what I can do, and you know, I still want to stick around. It's my alma mater, obviously, so I I like to work here as long as I can. I think I can do good work. And um, same same situation, almost like I, I did when I first was trying to get hired. I hit up you know everybody I could, let them know like, hey, yeah. put in a good word. And right. thankfully, because I had been on the job for a year, I built a lot of relationships throughout the community, and you know, with you know mentors and and people you know who 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 give to our program. So. They were able to put in good work for me without me having to ask, and you know I, I think that that helps with his decision. But it was it's just wow, you just never know. Like a head coach can come in, and it doesn't matter how good you know you did your work prior, he may have his own guy or have may have his own vision of who he wants to put in his position. So I, I never truly knew, and even you know a month after Coach Landing being here, it wasn't official that I was gonna be here yet because he hadn't put his whole staff together at that time. So right. you know. Eventually, it came to the point where you know we had, we had a conversation that he wanted to keep me around, and you know I was thankful for that. So, um, the transition has been wild, just in terms of you know everybody. You know, always feel like, you always feel like you're behind when you're a new head coach. So, just trying to keep up and trying to understand how he likes things done or how he views things is has been you know a learning process for me. But you know it's been it's been all good. I'm, like I said, I'm grateful to still be here, and you know I'm thankful to still be learning and you know, continuing to continue to do the work that I'm doing. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. It's going to help a lot of people. All right, here we go. This is the advice part, you know. So what's your overall advice for those looking to get into this role? Just, you know, wherever wherever they are, they all start from different places. But what would be your advice? Just continue to build strong relationships. Like that's that's the only reason I'm in this space. And not necessarily relationships with, you know, the group you're going to be working with, but um, just just more just whoever is in a position that you want to be in or whoever can potentially help you get to that position. I think it's, it all happens the way it should and it'll happen organically. Like I wouldn't say that I built relationships because I knew, I, I wouldn't say I built relationships with people at Oregon because I knew I wanted to work here one day. I just felt like they had something 
to, to offer me in terms of building me up as an individual and building me up as a professional. And I want to latch onto them and learn as much as I can and not develop into me getting into this position. So I always try to just be organic and always try to be um, just who I am and, and not, not do things for ulterior motives. But I do feel like this space is definitely relationship based. If they feel like you're, you're great at building relationships and, and helping guide people who you're around, you're, you're a surefire fit for this, this type of role. Um, so that's all, that's all I've been trying to do. And even since being in this role, getting connected to people with, like you or getting connected with people you know, who are in player development other schools, I think it's been great for my development. You know, I, I talked with Cendric uh, Steptoe at the University of Arizona. Often, great dude when he came into town to play us, you know, we chopped it up and uh, got to tapping with each other. I, I'm, and I'm just looking to learn always. Same thing, my, my boy Drew Davis, who was at UCLA. Oh, yeah. Um, he's been like my strongest mentor. Obviously, I played with him here. Um, he has a few years. He was a few years older than me, but he's somebody that kind of helped walk me through this. But those are the type of relationships that I that I mean. And I think if you, you know, get a solid group or, or core group of individuals that are going to help you you know, develop professionally. And then when the opportunity comes for a position like this, then it'll be easy for you to slide in that spot. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Yeah. To shout out to Step, man, Step. Step's from H, man. Or he's from Texas. Yeah. If you anywhere near Houston, we're going to take you in. But, uh, and also Drew Davis, man. Drew, when I, you know, my unfortunate situation get terminated without cause, Drew, man, Drew sent me a letter, man, with like encouraging notes, man. Like, like little notes, like for me to read every day. So Drew, Drew, good people, man. You, you have two great mentors right there. Uh, all right. So, what's the best advice you've received in your life overall? In my life overall, um, this is kind of a quote that I that I kind of stand by. One of my former coaches told me as a as a young student athlete way back when it was, you know, like the he says it the way he describes it, it's like the greatest gift you can have. Is God given God given talent, and the worst thing you can do with that gift is not share it with anybody. So, for me, it's always been about, you know, yep, I'm gonna grind my way up to the top. I'm gonna grind and get where I want to go, but I'm also gonna do what I can along the way to help people who are next to me, who are maybe still working their way up, or even people who are who are ahead of me. There's always something you can give. There's always something that you can know, and there's always something you can learn. So, like I touched on earlier, just continue to be open minded, continue to build relationships. It all comes full circle. Um, I'm blessed to be in the position that I'm in right now, but that doesn't mean I know everything and I know there's a long way for me to go and there's a lot for me to learn. And there's also people who are still trying to get into this type of position, whether that's, you know, Division One, D2, wherever, or even outside of, you know, the landscape of, of, of football, but also just being in a mentorship position. Um, so just continue to help people that are along the way. Uh, you're never too big to offer some assistance, offer, offer some guidance, and you're never too big to learn either. So. That's the biggest point of advice I've I've been um, I've received. Awesome. Now, do you have any practical wisdom or a practical nugget for people that want to get in this role or people that are in this role? Hmm. Um. I wouldn't say that I could have like a a quote or saying, but I will say that I kind of kind of touched on what I talked about earlier about being open minded. Although, and I know I've, I've read this from you being expressed as well, like player development always isn't gonna be 100% player development. You gotta be open and, and especially in a, in a college football you know, system, you gotta be open and willing to do other jobs as well. You gotta be okay with people not knowing your title. Gotta understand that people aren't always gonna know what that title even means. 
They're just yes. going to think that you're this guy for that. Just go to this guy for that and not necessarily know that's your work that you're doing. So um, I would I would say at times it's it's a humbling position just because you're not going to be viewed as a position coach. You're not going to be viewed as somebody who's in recruiting and, you know, bringing these four or five, whatever, you know, athletes to your program. But you are going to be doing work that's beneficial for the student athletes. You're really going to be shining in the dark and behind the scenes. But like at the end of it, you know, when the student athletes leave this place and they, you have a genuine bond with them and you feel like, or they feel like you've kind of assisted them into getting where they want to be, that's all that matters for me. Like for me to walk by, like, and this may sound, this may sound corny, but for me, when I walk by student athletes and they're the first ones to say what's up to me, or they're, they're the ones that tapping in with me, that means I'm I'm doing something right, that they recognize me, they feel me, and they they're, I'm somebody they see as here to help. So that's kind of my vision of it. Um, I wouldn't say that I, don't, I have like a specific, um, <laughs> I don't know, saying or, or practical wisdom for that, but that's just kind of uh, my my thoughts on it. No, I like I like what you said. That shining in the dark, man. That's that's the role. Like I yeah. tell people all the time, player development is so qualitative, and everybody else does quantitative work. So I can, if I'm an academics, I can bring a GPA. If I'm a position coach, I can bring yardage or touchdowns. If I'm a strength yeah. coach, I could bring pounds. If I'm a dietitian, I can bring weight loss, weight gain. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever it may be. Even recruiting, I say, hey, we had the number one recruiting class in the country or at a conference or on this side of the United States, whatever it may be. And it's like, all right, player development. Hey, I can tell you these freshmen are more mature than they were when they walked yeah. in here. You know, it's yeah. like, but like to your point too, man, like I like what you say when the players talk to you first. One thing I've always loved is when players come in my office and say, coach, how are you doing? You know? Yeah. And so yeah. I've always loved that. So now I'm going to ask you that question. How do you develop yourself in this role and take care of yourself? Because you're getting pulled in a lot of ways. You're caring for a lot of people. So how are you taking care of yourself? To be honest with you, man, I probably like, six to eight months into it, it was tough. Like I was bringing work home, um, didn't know how to shut it off. Just because I was, in my head, I was like, I was just gotta be ready for my phone. Like somebody may need me, gotta be able to, you know, hit them back right away. Or a coach may call me, text me, gotta be able to give them something right away. And the more I'm into it, the more I'm, I'm developing a system. Not saying I'm less responsive, but um, just taking pockets throughout the day to spend time on me, whether that's, you know, speaking with, you know, therapist or counselor, whether that, and the biggest thing for me, the therapy piece was huge, but also, you know, taking time out of my day to go just get a workout. And even if it's 30 minutes, even if it's working out with the players, I got to get that in and it helps me like kind of get all that tension and, you know, frustration out and I don't just blow up yeah. or, or stay, keep yeah. it internal. So that's been the, the biggest portion of me just continually to, um, I guess grow with what I'm feeling, understand, grow uh, grow a bigger understanding of what I'm feeling and, and what emotions that I'm having. That way, it's not just you know thrown out in other conversations or you know being displayed in in, in other spaces. Because I, I don't think that's a healthy way to do this job. Um, I will yeah. say that as I'm sure you know, there's there's going to be a lot that that you're going to have to do that nobody necessarily knows about. And maybe it's you and the head coach know that you get it done. And there's going to be a lot of late nights where you got to go you know be a, be of assistance, but um, I'm just, you know, continue to find ways to, you know, do things that I enjoy when I do have pockets of time throughout the day to um, kind of just spend with between myself or our, like, our director of player academic development. You know, he's like one of my, my best friends. We grew up in, in, around the same area. We didn't even know that until we got here. But, you know, just, just venting to him, he vents to me. We kind of just building ourselves up and 
um, I'm just I'm, I'm lucky to have a, a pretty strong support group here um, that helps me on those those difficult times or those difficult moments when I am struggling to find those that you know that that block of time or that our piece of time where I can um, have me time or whatever you want to call it so right um, just continue to learn what works best for me and, and continue to make sure I'm, I'm you know disciplined and taking that time out and um, kind of giving to myself awesome thank you so much all right here's rapid fire man first it. before we get started with this thank you so much for being on here y'all you listening to this tony drop knowledge you need to go listen to this don't go one half one and a half feet one and one fourth you need to take this take notes but i'm excited about this because i'm trying i'm gonna see how much you know la flair we get into this uh rapid <laughs> fire so all right here we go let's do it what are you re what are you reading right now um, I'm, I've, I'm reading Mama Mentality. I've probably, I've probably read it three different times. Kobe's yeah. book is one of the, I'm a huge LA Laker fan, huge Kobe Bryant yeah. fan. I love hearing his story and, and how he kind of shapes himself into, you know, how he goes about his professional business. I think he's different mentally. I think he's mm -hmm. different in all aspects of life. You know, rest in peace to him. He's probably one of the one, one athletes I, I look up to from all aspects, not just what he did on the court, but also what he did into the community. Yeah, like you said, I'm a big Kobe fan because that same intensity he brought on the court, he brings into his entire life. Yep. And that's just stuff that we try. I know you're trying to preach to student athletes and I try and preach when, I'm with, when I've been around him. All right, number two, what daily discipline are you working on? Like I said earlier, number one, working out, got to get that in. Whether even if it's 30 minutes, got to go do it. Whether that's a walk, whether that's a run, whether that's lifting weights, I'm gonna find a way to get it done. And I was once I was pretty consistent at the beginning of the season, and then kind of fell off. And then literally since you know the new um, coaching era, I've made it a point to get in and do something. And I'm not not like strength training and trying to look like oh, I already know. You know, <laughs> yeah, not that crazy like that but yeah just trying to do some cardio i think that that helps with my you know my mental health and um, making sure i take care of myself so that's one thing i'm practicing yeah I, I made that mistake man we had a couple guys on staff they were talking trash to each other they go downstairs put 400 on the bench nah. i'm like i can't touch that nah. so that they put 315 i hit it and i was done for like, I was like yeah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> i don't need to touch it anymore yeah. all right so I'm, I, I'm a foodie. I like eating food. It might have to do something with my size. But if someone gives you $25 for lunch in your city, in Eugene, where are you going? Ooh, I'm a big foodie too, and I'm very indecisive with my food. But I've had $25. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to, there's this food court, food cart called um, Once Famous Grill. It's black owned, former football yeah. player, soul yeah. food. He like I love hot links, and he's like one of the few places you can get them in Eugene, Oregon. So I'm going up there. I'm running it up. Probably get two meals yeah. for twenty five, and I'm gonna have a good yeah. old time. Good old time. Good old time. All right. Same question, but now you got one hundred twenty five for dinner. One hundred twenty five for dinner. Um, I will probably go to this um, place called Gordon Tavern. It's um, mm -hmm. kind of like a kind of a bar vibe, but more like date night type of bar feel so right. they have great service it's a newer location here in eugene it's pretty popular for an older crowd like myself i'm not that old but they make me, <laughs> i was about to say and if you old, yeah these kids are you feel old so i would definitely yeah. go there they have you know they have great great menu changes every now and then um good vibe 
Perfect. All right. If you could join a band or music group, who would it be, past or present? Ooh. That's a good question. Band or music group. Um, if I, that means I'm, I have some musical talent. So there's this group called Division. They're uh -huh. an R&B crew based out of Canada, works with Drake oh, and all nice. that. They have really soulful music. That's what I like, R&B type. I like the soulful, okay. I'm, I'm on that. So that's the group I would I would wanna enjoy. Hopefully I have some vocals or something to contribute because they're, they're pretty solid. I'm gonna have to check that out because I'm a soul yeah. guy. I love it's soul. D soul music. Yeah. DV what? DVSN. Perfect. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Now, who would you want to co star in a movie with action and comedy? Who would you want to co star with? <laughs> if it was action, I mean, I feel like you got to say, like, who? I was going to say top. No, let me do Jackie Chan. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. Let's do Jackie Chan because he's, you know, he's kind of action and comedy. But, I mean, Tom Cruise, he, he takes the cape. We're really trying to, like, save the world or something. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Comedy. Who am I liking right now? Um, I feel like Kevin Hart's a, a sellout, but I'll say Kevin Hart. <laughs> got you. I got you. All right, what sport do you wish you played growing up? Ooh, I wish I played golf. Mm. Now I do, because golf is it's fun. I'm horrible at it, but conversations I've been able, I'm able to have on the golf course and relationships I've been able to build, and like you got to be really technical, technically sound to play that sport. So I wish I had yeah. a little bit more experience for it. Yeah, uh, whenever I golf, I'm just trying to crush it. I yeah, suck exactly. at everything else. I'm just trying yeah. to crush it. Yeah. And then last but not least, before you go, uh, how can we follow you and support you? Social media, I try to be as present as I can, not just to showcase what we're doing, but really to showcase what these student athletes are doing, how they want to be involved in the community. So Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever, Facebook, I'm always active or try to be active and also showcase what you know other people in my network are doing, not just in Oregon, but all over the, the country. So you know, follow me at Dubdrick. Tony Washington Jr. on LinkedIn, whatever. I try to be pretty active on that. So follow my journey, follow these student athletes' journey, continue to see them grow, continue to see them build. Um, that's how you can that's how you can catch me. Awesome. Tony, appreciate you so much, man. Uh, I know we had a glitch. Nobody else is gonna know that, but something happened. But thank you uh, so much for spending time with us here on the player development pod. Best of luck to you and the Oregon Ducks. And tell college I said what's up, man. You have a great one. I got you, man. Appreciate you for having me. It's definitely an honor, man. You're you're one of the OGs and legends in this game, so I'm appreciative to be on this space with you. I appreciate it. Well, that's all for today. I look forward to the next podcast and our next great guest. Thank you for tuning in and spending your valuable time with me. God bless you. Have a great day. Go out and create generational impact. Don't wait. Create that generational impact today.